Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. This is episode number 34, and I'm really happy to be bringing you a story again this week. Um, when you guys are hearing this, I will be on an airplane on my way to Tanzania and um, I'll be leading a yoga retreat there. It's going to be my first trip outside of Europe since the pandemic started and it's very exciting. But uh, because of that, next week there will be a pause. So episode number 35 will come out in two weeks time from now. So when I'm back in Prague with all of my equipment and stuff. And I hope that's going to be okay. Maybe you can go back and listen to the to the archives also if there's one that you haven't heard yet next week. Um, so for today's episode, I am interviewing... Alyssa, my friend, um, we met here in Prague while I was teaching yoga. So I came to her office and taught some yoga for her and her office mates. And then she came to the studio and she has since become a yoga teacher and a good friend. And she's going to be sharing the journey to becoming a mother with her little girl, Avalyn. And Avalyn was born during the pandemic and Alyssa also just after Evelyn was born was diagnosed with cancer and she's going to be talking us through both of those journeys becoming a mother and and entering motherhood with a cancer diagnosis and what that looked like and is still looking like for her and her partner and her family so um without further ado thank you Alyssa for being on the podcast and let's hear from Alyssa hi Alyssa and welcome to the nine months podcast hi I'm very happy to be here (laughs) yeah hi thank you for trusting me with your story today um would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you guys do (laughs) Uh, yes uh First of all, thank you so much for having me. And honestly, there is no better person that I can share the story with than you. Um, my name is Elisa. Um, I'm the mother of a beautiful fetso that called Adeline. Uh, she's a seven months old right now. And uh, she's half Ukrainian, half French. And my boyfriend, of course, uh, Pierre, he's... Um, as I mentioned, French. <laughs> and uh, it was quite a story for us of how we uh, we understood that I'm pregnant and uh, everything taken from there. Mm-hmm. So would you like to, to start with that then, just uh, finding out when you were pregnant and, and, and how all of that was? Uh, yes. Um, well, first, I didn't plan <laughs> that. <laughs> it was quite a surprise. And probably to, to, to tell this story, I need to give a bit more detail so it will sound a bit less weird. Um, we met first 
with my boyfriend, uh, I believe, eight years ago. We fell madly in love, but it didn't work out for a lot of reasons. Uh, ego, uh, age, uh, time, space, everything. And uh, we broke up, but apparently never really never really let it go somewhere deep in, in the heart and at some point he he contacted me and we start talking again i was just out of long-term relationship a bit confused a bit lost and um, he offered to see each other for the dinner and i thought it's not the worst idea ever well uh Little did I know that he literally jumped in a car, drove 12 hours to through a couple of countries and called me the next day and asked if it's a good time to have a dinner today, uh, which was quite shocking and, of oh, course, wow. um, nice. So I said yes. We went out and... Um, few weeks later, I understood that I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to say that I, it was not planned is to say little. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked because I didn't even plan to have a relationship. But at that point, uh, it was just just really surprising mm. On, in a lot of ways. But I, I think somewhere deep inside, both me and him, we knew what happened. Somehow it was, it, it's just, it just felt different. Mm. And uh, I was convincing myself that it's nonsense. I cannot be pregnant. I even bought the test and uh, it was negative. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then, um, but tears just never came, you know, and uh, I was lying to myself like, no, 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 it's just, it's nothing. It's, it's just, you know, a few more days. Uh, I really feel, I really feel it. You know, the, the, the fact that uh, first uh, months of pregnancy and actually uh, feels a lot like PMS. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. goddamn true. And I was absolutely convinced that uh, no, no, now, now it's going to happen. Now it's coming. And, and the, the wave passed and, you know, it's not PMS anymore and no periods uh, as well. And then I'm like, oh, dude i'm so i'm so in trouble <laughs> so i went to get a test and a lady in a drugstore she was probably laughing at me because i was coming back for tests like i think four times oh. <laughs> i believe i did uh i i made like nine tests at least oh. because i couldn't believe it <laughs> uh but um but it did happen Mm. And in a lot of ways, I was very happy because um, pretty much everything I wanted, it, it just happened. You know, it just happened to me. And uh, my boyfriend, uh, well, at that point, he was not my boyfriend yet. We decided that we definitely are keeping the child and we will see how that's going to go because I know that he wanted to get back together and he was trying to reach me out for at least three years. Mm -hmm. And for him, it was a solved deal. Like he, he was just giving me enough time to, to get along with this idea because I was really not ready for such a turn of events. And I think um, even if you're trying 
to get pregnant and then you're getting pregnant. It's hard to, to realize that this is it and your life is different as of now. Yeah. Um, but when you're not expecting it, I, I believe it's quite, um, quite a journey itself to get into this acceptance. Uh, and I'm a person who likes to plan things mm. and likes to know what it is out there um, in a following at least few weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> but let's be honest, uh, these two years probably was not easy for anyone mm -hmm. and was quite a shock and surprise and uh, a roller coaster years for every single person on this planet, probably. Mm. Mm, so I'm not a unique in, in this way. But honestly, I think first few months of my new role of, of my pregnancy it was um it was a roller coaster and i was going into euphoric states and then falling deep down um into depression mm. because i realized that uh, I'm, i'm pregnant from a guy that i haven't seen for eight years right <laughs> and I went for a date, one date. I'm 32. How how stupid can you be? Seriously, <laughs> was he in Prague at this point in the early pregnancy, or he was he was not? Um, he was he uh, obviously uh, as soon as I um, I told him, which was also quite funny because um, uh, <laughs> I've seen the second uh, stripe on a test and I fainted <laughs> in my bathroom. Um. And it was so um, so semi-transparent, you know, that like I, I almost felt that it's not there. And I thought it might be just uh, like my eyes, are, <laughs> my sight is blurry or I don't know what. So I was still hoping. Um, so I sent him a photo and saying, like, could you, could you tell me what you see? <laughs> is that how he found <laughs> out? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that, I see that we will be very happy. <laughs> oh my God, that is such. Uh, a he thing. he was on board from even before I got pregnant. Like, let's be honest there. Um, so he came as soon as he was able to. Mm. Uh, he drew. He drove uh, from from France to to Prague to stay with me, and uh, we had few few days to to digest it mm. uh, I believe like a week maybe and I, I don't I don't know right now everything is so feels like one day mm. uh, but it was hard at some level because I was looking at him and judging him you know everything he was doing I was like like I was it was going through the filter of like I have to stuck with this person forever <laughs> mm -hmm. He is a father of my child, <laughs> and like whatever we decide, this this is it. This is it. This is a person I will I will be linked to, no matter what gonna happen in my life. And uh, but the problem was he was so unapologetically nice hmm. and kind and supportive, and I couldn't I couldn't find a thing that is wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know I just accepted that uh, we, we are giving us a chance a long 
with giving us a chance as a couple and giving us a chance as parents. Hmm. So this is how it all started with a lot of confusion and quite depressive thoughts from my side. Because mm. clearly this is this is not how I imagine things to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, from the perspective of today, I think life just gave me such a present and sorted everything out mm. instead of me. And without me being involved on a lot of levels. Right. Oh, that's really beautiful. So... Um... How did you? How did it go from there? Did you start looking for um, for ways to to be supported in your pregnancy, or or um, yeah? Would you take us through that? Ah uh, yes, um, I was very ignorant uh, lady. Uh, you know, um, at the at the most the, almost at the same time, my uh, very dear friend she got pregnant as well. And um, she went through miscarriage and she was very cautious uh, with this pregnancy. And I think she got me through the pregnancy because she was reading so much. She was getting all the information, filtering it out and serving it to me. Oh, to and it still goes on like this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think I read uh, half of one book. Mm. and um, did half of the course uh, of the pregnancy yoga. Mm. Uh, uh, My partner was doing it with me. It was quite funny, and most of the time I was just laughing because he's like uh, um, the instructor saying, like, I'll put your hands on on the belly and smile to it, and he's putting his hands on his belly and smiling to it. It was (laughs) just quite funny. And uh, honestly... um, we went for a nice long vacation to France. So we had a road trip. I was vomiting here and there, but it was nothing. Um, it was nothing crazy, you know. Like I was expecting that I would not feel that well. Mm. I was still working, and um, I was falling asleep all the time. Mm. Once I fell asleep at the meeting. And thank God my camera was off and I woke up with a slide on my shoulder and it was just so embarrassing. And I hope I at least didn't snore. And that, that was my only concern, honestly, because I felt great. And um, even the, the, the not so nice things as toxicosis, yes, obviously I had some, but it was not something that would really um, be so drastic. So I would have a bad memories of it. Mm. I mean, nobody likes that, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I was very um, uh, touchy with the color of the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was eating green, but very particular shade of green. <laughs> like and what? if it was a different, <laughs> <laughs> well, I really did like green apples and green uh, M&Ms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This type of green uh-huh. and then or spinach green. Yeah. And then uh, knowing that my boyfriend uh, brought me a breakfast and it was uh, this amazing, um, very tasty, very nice smelling flan with the pistachio. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a wrong shade of green. So I, I was vomiting all the morning just from seeing. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's incredible. I don't think I've ever heard that that's a, an aversion of color. That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite interesting. And um, I couldn't eat um, a lot of uh, meat or mm. fish if I knew that this is this thing is smarter than me. We were in this amazing restaurant um, in, in Lyon and uh, my boyfriend had octopus. And he's like, do you want to try? It's really amazing. And I knew that it's a bad idea. And because uh, generally I don't eat things that are can play chess with me and win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I will give it a try. And tried it. And instantly all these images are just popping in my head that it was such an intelligent creature. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm chewing it. And this idea just uh, also ended up in toilet, I believe, because I didn't feel good at all. (laughs) So uh, my food was mostly dried apples, uh, carrots, and things like that. Mm. I was eating meat uh, more than um, usually Mm. because I do have meat in my diet. Uh, usually it's chicken, like I would say maybe once or twice in, uh, in a month before that. Mm-hmm. So when I got pregnant, I increased that because I felt that I needed, mm-hmm. but first three months, I believe I was living from apples, carrots, baguette and mm-hmm. cheese because, and eggs, because this was not making me feeling sick and it was not fat because whatever I, I, I saw anything fat. Even like a bulb of um, uh, of oil on the top of the soup, for example, it was already a no-go for me. And um, that's why a lot of French goods were kind of a uh, rotten apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was sad, especially when you come for a French Christmas and you cannot eat 99% of the food. It's It literally hurts. Oh. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah yeah and oysters i was eating oysters like crazy i i love them i love them before but during pregnancy i had such a craving for the oysters and uh, of course my boyfriend was picking up only the freshest freshest he can find literally from directly from the sea and that was something i was able to eat as well even though I, I'm pretty sure my gynecologist, if she would hear that, she would slap me because it's probably forbidden to eat when you're pregnant. <laughs> I actually don't know if you can eat oysters because I'm vegetarian, so I don't know what the rules are. I know you can't eat raw raw fish or something, right? Sushi. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure I can't. Yeah. But uh, my boyfriend was like, uh, oh, please, we're French. These rules do not apply to us. <laughs> so I was eating uh, like all sorts of cheese with a with a weird stuff in it and mm-hmm. the oysters and yeah. but if it's it was a raw fish in in Prague it was a strict no-go yeah that's just he, he didn't he, he didn't trust it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well great so you mentioned you had an you had a doctor an OB uh, is that the route that you you chose to go down uh yes yeah. uh honestly like I, I didn't choose that much I was pretty much going Oh, uh, going with the flow mm-hmm. and um, the the tricky part was um, that I had my gynecologist she's um, she's a great lady and she got me through um, 
cyst that I had few few years before that. I had a surgery. And the surgery said like, oh, if you would like to get pregnant, you should start now because you might have problems with it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to send him a couple of messages after that, but it was not as hard as he thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came to visit my gynecologist, she was very angry because it was COVID and I didn't visit her for quite some time. And she's like, what do you think you're doing? Uh, we need to check if the cyst is not growing because it was a couple of... Um, um, couple of other things that I have that I have to monitor and uh, and I thought the lady in the reception told her that I'm pregnant because I said this and uh, uh, she's like yeah we need to check uh, we need to measure how big it is uh, but she was talking about my cyst not about like the fetus oh. <laughs> and I'm like uh, can, can I have a look and she's like what are you going to look at <laughs> like yeah. well well the, the thing <laughs> the thing you know the thing and uh then uh, she's like, okay, if you really have to, I will show it to you. And I kind of start to understand that this discussion is, uh, is having a funny twist. Mm-hmm. And um, she's asking me when was the last time I had my periods. And I'm saying that it was three months ago. And then she goes like, oh, I'm like, yeah. She's like, of course, let's have a look. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. (laughs) So it it was confusing for everybody, I believe. Everybody. Mm. So um, and with her, it was very easy. She was not uh, giving me any any pressure. She's like, if you're fine, everything's fine. We're running some tests and... um, the only thing uh, I want to have a full blood test because this is something uh, what they do in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, for every uh, trimester, you have a full blood test to see uh, how it's going on. And here in Czech Republic, nobody really wanted to see my blood mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was on the long run, I think it could have been a good idea. Um, so I, I paid for my own tests just to see uh, how is my um, ferritin level and uh, in general, mm. what uh, supplements do I need to take, how to correlate my diet with the, with the results, because I'm quite aware of the uh, consequences of, um, of lack of iron and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, so that was pretty much the only thing that I was kind of trying to monitor, especially uh, on the later stages of pregnancy. But my doctor was really, she, she was very supportive, uh, very uh, strict, mm-hmm. as probably any Czech person. Mm, but she was not overloading me with um, information or some worries or anything, but uh, she was listening to me carefully and I was listening to myself really carefully. You know, I think uh, when, when I got pregnant, I started to admire my body uh, endlessly because I installed this uh, app, you know, uh, how big is the baby, like a, a, a grape, or a potato, a lemon and things like that. And of course, uh, this app was also sending me some notifications about like, okay, this is a week 12, you're going to feel this, this and this. And generally and statistically, this is how what, what's happening and this is how people feel. 
and it was very helpful. And I, 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 at that point, I understood that I'm very, very ordinary person because most of the time I, I hit right in the spot of the ordinary standard pregnant woman mm-hmm. because everything they describe, I'm like, oh, of course, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Everything. And uh, at some point I even um, uh, decided to stop reading these things because I thought maybe I'm kind of... Um, I make it in my mind and that's why I start to feel mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then I was reading a few weeks uh, after of all the comments and it was still there, you know, it's still like, a, oh, this week was a migraine week, you know, and I'm like, and I really had a migraine without even knowing that this is <laughs> ordinary sort of. Yeah. So it was quite helpful because it took a lot of worries from my shoulder because I was reading like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, that happens. You know, so you stop reading the, the signals and stop reading the signs. And my body was adapting to everything so fast. Yeah. Like um, it was opening like a flower to, to this experience. And um, trust me what I'm saying, that I've never been quite on a good terms with my body and with how I look with how I feel mm. and I always was trying to conquer myself battle with uh, with my appearance uh, with my hips with my uh, waist uh, with everything I have was not enough and mm. when I got pregnant I instantly understood that god damn it this this body is quite a gift mm-hmm. and it's such a machine and like all the cogs are working in a perfect correlation, perfect coordination with everything else. And uh, it was quite a journey on itself to accept, finally accept and admire how, how my body works. And I was so grateful because I was able to do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I was walking a lot. I was doing headstands to the greatest fear of my boyfriend who who was I, I I'm sure I heard him shaking in another room when I was doing my yoga routine. And my body was allowing me to do all of that. And it was so amazing. And uh, I didn't take a lot of weight at that point. I think uh, uh 90% of the weight I took in the last two months of pregnancy, even in the last months, I would say. Yeah. That uh, I, I think I take, I took 18 kilos up, mm. but most of it, uh, it was just last two months. Yeah. And before that, I was just, uh, just me mm. with a bit of a uh, curvy, uh, curvy appearance. Mm. And it was really perfect. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really nice. So, um, did you talk with your with your doctor on how, what kind of birth experience you were wishing for, or were you taking that with the flow a little bit also? No, no, no. I I got prepared for that one. Mm. I came with the list. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want this, 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 and I don't want that, that, yeah. and that. And uh, I asked her, the only thing I asked was uh, the hospital that she would recommend Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have a home birth Mm -hmm. um, because I was not really sure 
that this is my path. I was considering it, but um, for the safety of the first labor, I decided to go to hospital. Mm. But I wanted some good medical establishment with not a lot of inter interference mm-hmm. because i knew that uh, in czech republic it's quite a subject that uh, it's quite often end up with a c-section and all different kind of medical procedures that i really didn't want to go through mm-hmm. so i came there uh, to my doctor with a birth plan mm-hmm. it was actually very helpful so i i wrote what i prefer what i what i would not like to have And initially I said, like, just ideally don't interrupt me. Mm -hmm. Like I won't, I don't want, um, I don't want any drugs. I don't want any, um, anything which my body is not doing on its own. Mm -hmm. So it didn't work out exactly as I I planned, Mm -hmm. but to be honest, it was not that far from, from perfect. Um, it was a hospital in Czech Republic, yeah, in Prague. And um, Do you mind sharing which one? Uh, yeah, it was the Kalovsky Vinohrady. It's in Prague uh, three, two, two yeah. I believe. Um, so it's nice, nice establishment, and it's not the only, uh, not the only. F- Thing I went through in this hospital and I can say that the personnel was very nice and mm. it was quite a mix of people who's like I would say above 60 who's a very like um from a Soviet school mm-hmm. and I know the school and I don't like the school so few people were just like oh lay down I have to measure your temperature or like uh, sit, sit straight mm. oh you can sit straight when you have a uh, contraction so like I, I don't know if anybody tried that but didn't work for me for sure (laughs) but it was just few people you know but most of them were quite young professionals Mm. who were very thoughtful um they spoke perfect english and uh, they were very supportive and um they were not pushing me into anything i didn't want to Mm. Mm. you know so i would say that 70 percent of people there were exactly as i uh, wanted them to be you know like young professionals driven interested in me mm-hmm. interested in delivering the best possible experience very gentle uh with my body mm-hmm. but not to like um i don't know i'm used to doctors like mm-hmm. all friends of my family are are doctors and mm-hmm. i know these people i'm used to them and um for example i had a meeting with dola Mm-hmm. and uh, because we were considering to have Dola because my partner doesn't speak Czech and I was afraid that at some point I might not be able to translate mm-hmm. which actually happened Yeah. and I thought Dola would be a great idea but once I met her I understood that that's, that's not for me yeah. she was uh, so uh, gentle and kind and talking about uh, breathing and everything. And this is something I was already doing at home. So I know how to maintain my breath. I know where I'm going and I know my body better than somebody can explain it to me, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I understood that she irritates me on 
<laughs> in the core of my heart, I, I was so annoyed with her that I'm like, thank you very much. I hope we'll never see you. Again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I just met, went with the midwife who was very precise. She just, she was giving me just pieces of information that I really need to know at that time. Mm. And she was not like breathing, breathe out, breathing, mm. breathe out. I can do it on my own. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how, how that is when, when it comes to birth support and how, how we need different different kinds of support you know this this lady Absolutely. that you were irritated with I'm sure that she's going to be perfect for someone else you know oh shit. and you know a couple of my friends recommended her to me yeah. because for for them she was absolutely perfect mm-hmm. angel mm. who who saved their birth and who who made it such a great transition and experience mm. but for me it just didn't click yeah exactly and we're different people with different needs that's why uh when somebody's saying you need that yeah you should do that yeah no no you should follow follow the bell inside your own body yeah and probably the best thing i can recommend to somebody is to do some embodiment practices Mm. just to connect with your own body better because if you're connected and you understand what's going on, um, very helpful was, uh, was um, the course that I took. I, th- I believe it was a Russian course, Russians, for Russian speakers for sure. And it was a basic information of uh, how does it feel when the labor starts? Mm. How many minutes uh, um, a contraction lasts on the first stage of pregnancy uh, of, the, of the labor second or what happens on the third stage? So I had the practical information. I knew how it's going to work. And I was um, in the last few months when I was preparing. um, I think I had enough practical information not to be surprised and scared of anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any, uh, I I studied all the kind of um, unexpected intrusion types what can happen during a labor uh, if something go wrong? Mm. I I read about all of it, and I made uh, I made my decision that if this will be necessary, I will not tell doctors what to do because mm-hmm. I if I trust them, I trust them. Yeah, but they should not um, got involved if I tell them I manage this. Mm-hmm. And I tried to communicate it clearly to the medical personnel in the hospital, and they were on my side. Yeah. So when I was losing it, I believe it was the last push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, I saw how everybody in the room, it was quite a lot of people, to be honest, because I signed the paper that I, I don't mind students being present, which I really didn't mind I didn't mind anybody being present mm. if it will be whole world looking at me I would not care a second because <laughs> I was busy <laughs> but uh when I when when it was a time uh all the room got um moving you know everybody is like somebody was holding my hand somebody was holding my head somebody was uh, saying push and um because I was clearly um communicating that fact that if you're gonna tell me how to breathe i'm gonna tell you where to go Mm -hmm. and um 
because I, I knew exactly my tempo. I, I knew how to do this. Mm. But at that moment, when I start losing it, when I start losing my mind from quite painful uh, experience, mm. there were people who helped me. And they, they knew exactly that this is a moment when they have to get involved because I, I need support. Yeah. And everything happened in a second. So I would say that it was a perfect balance between um, me knowing what I'm going through mm. and what my body is going through yeah. and personnel who didn't get involved when it was not necessary and who did got involved when it was a crucial time for that. That's really yeah. nice. That's really nice to hear. Can I take you back a little bit for um, mm-hmm. for the start of your birth? And if you want to take us through how did it start or did it start on its own or or what? Yeah. What happened from the start of your of your birth? Oh, oh. <laughs> it didn't start on its own. No. And my baby was quite comfortable inside. And to be honest, I was not worried at all uh, because I knew exactly when I got pregnant. As I mentioned before, it was very clear. (laughs) There were no other options. (laughs) So, uh, and you know, when they start uh, counting weeks, uh, it starts from the first day of your periods, the la la la, Mm -hmm. something like this. Uh, So they have a different way of calculating because it's not... um, it's it's not a strict science when exactly uh, you 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 get pregnant. Mm. So the date that they gave me, it was way before, uh, and I knew it. Mm. I knew that I will not give birth on the date when they told me that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was ready for the fact that it was two weeks. Um, almost two weeks after after the initial date yeah and all the doctors started to be like okay we have to do something about this i'm like no no i'm sure i'm fine uh but in the last couple of days i was not fine i wanted to to get over and i i was done (laughs) i i couldn't uh see my knees for quite a solid months Mm -hmm. Uh, I was walking like crazy. Like I think uh, the day before I went to hospital, it was 12 kilometers that I I walked just because I couldn't stop. I wanted to walk it out of me, I believe. (laughs) Um, I had sex. I had spicy food. uh, I had yoga. Nothing worked. Absolutely. So I just, uh, I was told that if on Sunday, it's not starting by itself. I'm going to hospital and then going to put this balloon um, full of liquid something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will start opening um, me mechanically in a way. Mm. Uh, which was not cool, let's be honest, because this is not how I imagined my first uh, stage of birth. Yeah, uh, I wanted to be home. I wanted to be with candles and a bit of massage and some good food and, you know, maybe watch a movie and to breathe in between. That didn't happen. Mm. So I went to hospital. They installed this balloon. Um, and instant, instantly I started to have contractions. Uh, but then they gave me something uh, to 
decrease the level of pain. Um, I don't remember what was it, but I think it was analgin or something, something very basic. Mm. And uh, contraction stopped. So um, then balloon bursted. I thought I, um, it was water breaking, but it wasn't. It was just a balloon. Mm. And I went to sleep. Uh, so I think they, they helped me a bit mechanically, uh, but it was no um, infusions of hormones or anything like that, because next stage, if, if the birth is not starting naturally after this, um, after this procedure, the next step is to, um, to give me hormonal kick. Mm-hmm. And I was really not a big fan of this idea. But... Then it started, I remember, like, I had a bit of a contractions all the night, and I was trying to be very silent, because the late, two other ladies were sleeping in the room. Mm. Um, so that was a moment when it didn't feel nice, because, well, for obvious reasons, because mm. it's physically not the best sort of experience. Mm. But uh, on the other side, I, I really felt alone. And I really wanted my boyfriend to be there. And even though he was on the phone all the time, it was sort of not enough. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but then I managed to sleep a bit. So it, it was okay. I was waking up here and there to, to breathe and to go through contraction. But it was still sort of, I knew it's, it started. But it was still at the stage when I, I knew it's toler- tolerable pain and manageable physical experience Mm. but then it was five o'clock in the morning exactly I woke up and I'm like okay here we go because it started to be uh, every every few minutes and I understood uh, that it's getting more more and more uh, frequent the contractions Mm. I came to the nurse and unfortunately it was exactly the nurse of the type that I didn't like. And I said like, Oh, I think I'm, I have to go. And she's like, Oh no, 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 no. Doctor will arrive at seven. I'm like, but the fact that doctor will arrive at seven doesn't mean that my baby will not arrive before that. <laughs> so she's like, no, no, you have to hold on. I'm like, do you even hear yourself woman? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, uh, she was putting me on monitor, which was, definitely not a nice experience because you have to lay down and um you you have had two children i mean you have two children you know that laying down during the contraction is yeah it's okay. hell of yeah. experience <laughs> um so i i tried to take a shower i tried to breathe uh, i was I was zero ashamed of myself. So I was standing on my knees in the hallway in the hospital and just making a funny breathing, deep sounds. And everybody were looking at me like, I think if I were screaming, they would take it easier Mm. than my very concentrated face and eagle shaped nose, which was just, you know, pumping the air on a very, um, very concentrated uh, way it was quite funny I believe I looked quite funny from the side <laughs> uh, but then at seven uh, the doctor came very nice guy I have no idea how he looked like I just remember that he had a very warm hands mm. and it's one of the uh, he, he's a he's a doctor who, um, who was I mean 
it was mostly midwife who was with me, but he was there in the end and he was very helpful. Mm. Um, so when he saw me, he's like, oh, please uh, have a seat on this funky chair. And I understand that I can at least my legs. And um, so he's like, uh, I, will, I will have a look what we have here. I heard you have a contractions already. I'm like, dude, faster, faster. <laughs> and he instantly looked at me like, okay, we're good. <laughs> and so pretty much like I, I got to the very last point when I was uh, already opening quite nicely. And uh, they, uh, I asked like, do you have a time to call my boyfriend? Uh, d- does he have enough time to have a breakfast and come? How long it will last? Yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. Just tell him that to... Uh, at some point, we'll be waiting for him. Okay, so I text him. Hey, good morning. I think it's starting. No worries. You have uh, probably an hour at least to to get ready and such. Mm. And then I believe it was 10 minutes after that I'm calling him. And I'm like, it's now. It's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even able to um, say anything. I was like, no come now (laughs) so after that it was rather quick um and uh, to be honest i think i needed somebody on this very first stage when i wanted somebody to hug me and i wanted to be warm and caressed Mm. but it didn't happen i was in hospital and it was very sad i felt very abandoned but when the real action started, I didn't need anyone. Mm. I actually punched my boyfriend quite badly. And then he was keeping a combat distance um, <laughs> and giving me water only when I was kind of waving at him and giving him a sign that I need to drink. Otherwise, uh, he was staying in the corner and actually looked rather petrified with all that was happening. Mm. I think I was afraid that he going to faint. Yeah. Um, but it was very funny in a lot of ways. I was making jokes all the time through the labor. And the doctors who were coming, they were laughing and asking, like, uh, is, she, is she always like this? <laughs> what kind of drugs were we giving her? And I think it was my way of protecting uh, myself because it was, let's be honest, was rather, rather painful experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, great. And um, can I ask you, so was there, is there a reason why your partner wasn't there? Is, was it the rules of the hospital or for the first stage of uh, It's COVID. Oh, because COVID. of COVID, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, and there we, would be, he would have been allowed to be there with you overnight? Oh, I believe so. But it was not even a discussion. And after, after labor, he was always also able to stay only for half an hour every day. Oh. I'd um, yeah I wish he was there he wish he was there but uh, in these times it was uh, actually I was very happy that he was able to be present at all mm. um, yeah. but to be honest I was so I was so deep inside my own head and inside my own body and my experience mm. that I cannot say that uh, without him, I would not be able to do this. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I think I was, I was so ready and 
Um, I believe yoga and my practice gave me such a armor mm. to my body to go through this yeah. because all the breathing it it just came naturally you know i was i was practicing before i was watching the videos and um i was trying to practice a hypnobirth and things like that but when it's all started mm. all this knowledge kind of disappeared and pure animal part just came through you know mm. and uh i was grotting i was uh mumbling i was uh singing uh sounds uh, i was not screaming mm. but um I, i screamed like a like a pig when i when it was a push face mm-hmm. and i don't know how women managed not to scream <laughs> honestly that's that's superpower in my opinion mm. but uh it was so logical and so obvious everything i was doing mm. that uh, i don't know i wouldn't say that it was crucial for me to have him him there at that point mm. you know yeah, on yeah. the first stage yes and i really i'm really sad that he wasn't there mm. but i think on the second stage in the it was more for him to be there to to see this yeah. I, i think for him it was even more imprinting experience to see how his daughter was born because i was half there yeah. uh, consciously um speaking yeah yeah and obviously the third the third part when you uh, give birth to placenta and everything and then you have your baby on your chest mm. biting your breasts and uh your your boyfriend is hugging both of you this is also quite this is a bonding moment for for a reason they call it like this yeah and it was beautiful that he was there but for the second stage i would do it without anyone present in that room you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just focusing inwards i guess I guess that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So so then she was born and and how how was that moment when she was born? That was quite funny. <laughs> mm. Actually my my labor lasted for a few hours only. Mm. Uh from 5 when it stopped to be frequent. Mm. Uh and quite painful. Mm. To 10:58 i believe when she was born mm. so it was very fast um it was just i believe two pushes that i managed to to do it mm. so the pushing phase was also quite quite fast mm. uh oh and i forgot to mention it's probably important especially for this podcast is mm-hmm. uh they had to break my waters mm mm-hmm. with a huge needle yeah. um uh, the, the midwife she asked she explained me why is she offering this to me mm. because it was time and it will go very fast as of that point because i'm already fully open but the waters do not break so it's better to to do this uh manually mm. uh, and i said yes i agree to this and my boyfriend clearly doesn't understand the word of uh, check but the only thing i prepared him for is like if you see any tools except fingers 
stop them because mm-hmm. I didn't approve anything. Mm-hmm. And he started to scream like, no, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I, I approved it. I know, I know what's going on. So I, I'm very happy that he was a, a, aware of my uh, of my wishes. Yeah. And he he got um, got ahead and, and said something mm-hmm. because if it was different situation, um, the, the the person, the partner, or whoever is there with you, they should know what you wish for yourself and for your baby, and be your advocate if you're not fully mentally present at that moment yeah absolutely um, yeah uh, but it was agreed i agreed to this because uh, the, at some point i was like excuse me excuse me that epidural thing that you were mentioning before i think i'm ready for that <laughs> and she's like yeah yeah let me have a look and three minutes after i was already uh, with with a baby on my on my oh. in my arms so she clearly lied to me yeah <laughs> uh, but i was like excuse, excuse, excuse miss miss i'm sorry I, I think i think this is a good time yeah <laughs> it was later on i was laughing at it quite uh, quite a lot and uh, i knew that it's already usually uh this is how it happened probably when you think that this is it you cannot do it anymore Mm. this is the end (laughs) this is the end of it yeah that's transition that's right (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) and it was quite funny because the doctor uh he was uh so it was after first push and i was like it it was quite painful Mm. and he's like i see the head i see the head i'm like okay good (laughs) kind of like helping somehow (laughs) and he uh he said like do you want to touch it and like and first idea was like are you insane, man? I don't want to touch it. I want to push it out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so he put my head, uh, my hand on her head when she was still inside and just the top of the head was out. Oh, cool. And I tickled the hair. And the first idea was, uh, it, it's kind of your head is full of funky thoughts. I'm like, did I forget to, 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 to shave myself? I'm like, no, man, I think I did it. <laughs> it's like this kind of weird things uh, train of thoughts going through your head mm-hmm. um so at the next push i gave birth and uh then it was also a funny funny moment he's like would you like to see your placenta and i'm like no i don't and out loud i'm saying like oh yes <laughs> yes please yeah good so i saw my placenta honestly i don't think I should have seen that because it's nothing pleasant. But really? it was quite fun, funky looking. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> really, they look like What's trees. You? you know, there's. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird that I, way. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Honestly, I don't even like cooking meat because it looks funky. And when mm. you see this piece of meat coming out of you, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. But I, I, I'm happy I've seen it. I yeah. think it was fun. Mm-hmm uh but yeah it was like you know kind of my rational rational part was taken over at some moments and animal part was taken over at other points so it's quite uh, interesting to think about it how how your body and conscious subconscious cooperates mm-hmm. and kind of covers you and shatters your brain in the moments when it's excruciating pain mm-hmm. so you can go through this yeah and then when it's a moment of conscious when you have to be present your brain starts to work uh, like like a clock so easily 
you know, because in a contraction phase, I was fully in this experience. Like my boyfriend was making photos and videos, kind man. Mm -hmm. So I can see my face and those pictures are not present at all. I'm absolutely somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then there is a moment between contractions, which is very short, but I was able to discuss the medical things with a, with a midwife and agree on something and um, reason with each other. So um, it was switching the gears so fast and easily mm -hmm. that uh, after the labor, I was just thinking about this and I'm like, oh my God, uh, women are absolutely fantastic beasts. <laughs> like we, we are going through literal hell and it's so beautiful how we do this and how our body works. And I was so grateful for, for this experience. Yeah. So grateful. Oh, that's so great. So how was the immediate postpartum that first couple of weeks? I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> Even a couple of hours. Like, I mean, um, I, I, again, that's why I thought I don't have that much to share for, for this podcast because mm -hmm. I was, I, I'm one of those who's like, I was fine. <laughs> you know, like uh, other ladies in the room, their kids were screaming nonstop and one was bleeding horribly for two days. No. Second one was ripped apart by her baby. Mm. And I was fine. <laughs> I, I was, uh, they gave me, I think, two stitches on the very surface. Um, uh, as the doctor said, like, if you don't mind, I will do this just to make it prettier because it's not even a tear. It's like a crack mm -hmm. sort of. Mm -hmm. So it's, I wasn't even teared. I wasn't, I had absolutely no problems. Mm. And, uh, next day, uh, well, it was still uncomfortable to sit, let's be honest, but it was mostly because of the stitches. Mm. Uh, everything else was just, just fine. I was bleeding a bit on the first day mm. um but really a bit the a, any woman who had periods before would not even notice that that thing mm. um i know it's not like this for everybody and i was absolutely lucky that uh, that my body just like okay we're done with this what's next and uh, and uh, just rebuild itself like yeah. very fast yeah and uh, the doctor came the next day, uh, he was checking me out. It was another guy, like in the morning, who was making a round in the hospital. And he's like, Oh, you're doing very good. Uh, la, la. And uh, he's like, Oh, when exactly she gave birth? And they're like, oh, 12 hours ago. And he was just shocked mm. because I looked like a woman who was already in the hospital for quite some time and I'm ready to go home. And I pretty much stayed because of the baby. I was able to go home the next day. Mm. But uh, because um, she was completely fine, but uh, they preferred to to keep her for a few days. Mm. I didn't mind because she was next to me all this time. And uh, honestly, I wanted somebody to tell me what to do next because I wasn't quite aware what, how to even carry her. Yeah. But postpartum was, um, I mean, definitely I felt better in my life. Mm -hmm. but it was nothing nothing drastic and my body really um, pulled all their strings and just rebuilt itself yeah oh that's nice to hear 
it's it's nice to hear the stories that it's also nice sometimes you know that it doesn't always have to be doesn't always have to be big and long and and painful it Mm. can also be short and sweet and beautiful you know I mean uh, there was something that was um, disturbing me and but it was not connected to the pregnancy. Initially, I thought it's sort of a dermatitis um, or allergic reaction. And probably after pregnancy, it will go down mm-hmm. because I think I need to, uh, in my head, I'm separating two experiences. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it was still going on in parallel in one single body. Mm-hmm. Um, so my skin was scratching quite quite a lot Mm. and it started i believe uh four four months through pregnancy but uh it was something i was experienced for a while and i thought it's uh it's allergic reaction and before i was taking um uh, antihistamine every day Mm. for last year because it it was just scratching all the time but when i got pregnant the antihistamine pills they just stopped working and months by months, it was getting more and more disturbing. Mm. So the itch was um, at some at some point. I just couldn't sleep at all. Like I was just walking. I was pacing my apartment mm. for hours in a night. My boyfriend was caressing me with uh, oil till I literally just pass out Mm. because i couldn't i couldn't sleep and i was waking up uh, with a blood on my legs on my sheets because i was scratching in a sleep and was this in pregnancy or or postpartum it was through the pregnancy Mm -hmm. in the last few months Mm -hmm. and in a postpartum i think it started two weeks or something like this after i think when my hormones uh the hormone spike went down and mm. kind of your real body stopped to to give you signs yeah um and it was just unbearable i started to scratch like uh, like crazy mm. and um i think at that point the worst part was when i was still pregnant i went to see the dermatologist and i was like please help please I, I i don't know what to do and i'm scratching so bad and it was kind of a weird uh, stains on my skin like a dry patches of skin and it was driving me crazy and she's like what do you want you're pregnant there is nothing we can do uh, buy some super expensive uh, cream uh, and uh, put it you know mm-hmm. and some hormonal cream and this and that and this and that and i was looking at this like and she didn't take me seriously you know Mm. like um for her i sounded like this crazy pregnant lady and like take some blood test like tell me what to do tell me what's wrong because i knew that it's not pregnancy Mm -hmm. i knew that it's something else and it's just boosted by hormones and boosted by everything what was going on in my body It, it just you know it got more and more intense every every month mm. so on the nine on the months number nine i believe i was already on the verge of 
um, insanity, I would say. Mm. I was just very big. I was scratching like crazy. I was sweating all the time in the night. And of course, some things I I was excusing by my condition. Mm. Um, I had COVID uh, when I was six months pregnant mm. or seven months pregnant, I believe. And I thought it's um, after effects. It might be after effect of COVID because I started to cough after COVID, uh, and it lasted till the the very the very labor, and I was on antibiotics for the last few weeks mm. because doctor, um, my general practitioner, he was like, uh, yeah, but you had COVID. What did you expect? Mm. Uh, we cannot make any X-ray. We cannot do anything to to know what's going on. Like you can at least take my blood. You know, nobody wanted to take my blood. What the hell? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, but it's normal. You're you're coughing because you had COVID. I'm like, okay, but I'm coughing for three months straight. Yeah, and it's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. And um, so they gave me antibiotics, which shrunk the inflammation to some level because I was really afraid if I'm going to cough like this, I might, my, my labor might not be as joyful experience as I expected to be. Yeah. Because you cannot really breathe nicely when you cough like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my coughing was intensified like after the COVID, you know, so I knew it's not entirely connected. And that's why I understand when I'm speaking of all this time, I shouldn't separate the experience, but in a way I already knew that these are three different things. Mm-hmm. My um, pregnancy, uh, COVID, mm. and something wrong deeper inside my body. Mm. and. Uh, after I gave birth, things went very fast down the hill. Because mm. um, I felt very nice. Like my body started to, to look really nice. You know, uh, I had this after labor glow and uh, my body just shrunk. I lost a bunch of kilos just in, in one day. Mm. and um i was i was resting the baby was sleeping she was so nice and so warm and uh my like breastfeeding is not an either thing and i would highly recommend anybody who thinks they know stuff and that nature will do itself probably read a bit more and be ready for uh, harsh times because i don't know so far breastfeeding was one of the most complicated experience for me <laughs> But I also understand it's probably because I was not entirely healthy at that point as well. Mm. Mm. So I think it was two weeks after when things started to be, started to get worse. Mm. And uh, I remember I was going with my baby in a, in a sling to see the pediatrician for the first time. And I just came out from the tram. And I have no idea how that happened, but I felt. Uh, and I was falling on my baby. I was falling forward. And at the last moment, I managed to kind of fall on the side. And uh, Adeline didn't even wake up. Mm. 
but I was, you know, my knees were covered in blood and like I was all scratched. Uh, and uh, at that moment, I thought like, what the hell just happened? Because I don't even understand how, how, how all of that happened. But I knew that something is off with my body. Mm. And my itch started to be uh, like, when I'm saying that I was on a level of insanity, I mean it, you know, mm. like I, I was just going crazy. I was just going crazy and my cough started to be very bad. I couldn't walk and breathe and talk. It was just one of these things that was available at one moment at the time. Mm. And uh, finally, at some point, my boyfriend, he just woke me up and said that we have to go to see my general practitioner because I'm like, I don't know what else I will tell him. He will tell me that I'm still having COVID uh, after effects mm. and that's it. Mm. But it was getting worse and worse and I was coughing so bad at that point. So we just went there at eight o'clock in the morning with a baby and just sat next to his, um, his room. Mm until he's going to take me and tell me to do something, mm. to go somewhere, to, to anything. So I went for x-ray. Uh, that's how we learned that I have cancer. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a crazy journey. Mm. And what happened? Do you want to take us through what happened from then? Well, as it's still part of postpartum, probably mm. um honestly like I, I shared quite a lot on my social media mm. from my journey mm. uh through the chemotherapy but uh, and a lot of people were saying like oh you're so brave you're managing it so well mm. but the truth is I think I, I managed it rather well because it was not the scariest part mm. um scary was before when my baby was one month old we started to run all the tests because first after x-ray when they found quite a lot of stuff in my lungs mm. we thought that i have a lung cancer mm. and it's already quite a terminal stage because the 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 box in my in my uh, lungs it was quite huge and we just spent a few days before i went to see the pulmonologist. Uh, so we had the results of the x-ray and in two days I was going to see the doctor. And for these two days, we just didn't speak mm. because there is nothing to say. And I heard my boyfriend was crying in the toilet and I was looking at my baby and I was thinking that we didn't have that much time with her. Mm. And that was very painful. And I think it was the first time in my life when I wanted to leave for myself. Mm. But I was so curious what's going to happen after that it didn't feel nice to, to die right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just when my life turned such a cool twist. And she was so cute. She was so marvelous mm. and beautiful. Now I look at those pictures and I think she was quite an ugly gnome. <laughs> but at that point I was so Russian hormones that I thought she's the most wonderful thing I ever seen in my life. Of course. 
yeah <laughs> frankly she's very very pretty baby <laughs> yes she's a very pretty baby <laughs> yeah but uh back then it was just all these thoughts you know and then uh, i got uh, diagnosed uh, with a lymphoma it's a uh, cancer uh, of the lymph nodes mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. and it's uh, stage four which means that all my lungs were covered with a uh, huge lymph nodes and that's why i couldn't breathe mm-hmm. so they learned that it's lymphoma but they were not sure what kind of lymphoma and it's also a big deal so um i had to stop breastfeeding quite abruptly that was very painful mm-hmm. actually aveline took it okay she she's always was okay with everything i mean oh, another breast a bottle well if i have to i will do it okay mom <laughs> i think it was more painful for me because my breasts were bursting with milk i couldn't sleep i was waking up in ocean of of milk and i was just it was not nice yeah it was not nice mm. um and then um i had a bunch of tests and i had a surgery to extract one of the lymph nodes uh, to make a proper biopsy that surgery didn't go well and they almost lost me at the the surgery mm-hmm. um my boyfriend thought that i i'm dead because he couldn't find me in a hospital and they're like oh no she's not here and he thought that he will need to check me out in a on the coroner's table mm. um and then he found me and it was not that much nicer to be frank because due to the fact that i um they couldn't get in my lungs that easily they had to add quite a lot more anesthesia than they initially planned mm. and uh, the problem is i always look and sound better than i actually am mm. so all the doctors i think it was one of the biggest problems that everybody took me like super healthy fit person you know which i thought i am so nobody took it that serious you know mm. that something is aching and even i didn't take it serious enough um so when they got into my lungs uh they realized that it's way more mass than they expected they added the anesthesia and the result of it was that i didn't uh wake up at the good time and when i did i lost my memory mm. and um i everything that happened after the surgery i didn't remember anything for longer than 2 3 minutes mm. um and it lasted for quite some time and i saw my boyfriend was absolutely horrified it was weird because i keep on repeating the same things the same jokes mm-hmm. i was pointing at my head and saying like oh that's a leaky cauldron that's quite funny and i was joking all the time yeah and then 2 minutes after i'm like oh look at this it's a leaky cauldron and i was stuck in these loops for days mm. and um that was terrible because at that point we also went through another procedure because i knew that after chemotherapy most probably will not be able to to get pregnant again mm. because it's rather harsh one 
I mean, it happens, but you cannot rely on it. So I had an option of freezing my fertilized eggs. So I was full on hormones. And after this unsuccessful biopsy, I had to go for the extraction of my um, of my eggs mm. um, without anesthesia because they were afraid if they will add a bit more drugs, I might go totally nuts. Yeah. And it will never come back. Yeah. So it was without anything. Yeah. And it was freshly after the birth. And I cannot call it a pleasant experience, to be honest. Yeah. So by the time when I started my chemo, we already went through so much. Mm. Then that actually when it started we at least knew the protocol we knew what's coming mm. you know and we knew our chances and i knew that i have a very good chance to survive mm. but i need to go through this and in the way it was already way easier than these months after the pregnancy after the labor after we were so happy for so little mm. and then all this horror started yeah and how is it now have you gone i know that you've finished your chemotherapy right mm -hmm. how are you feeling? yeah yeah how are you feeling now uh been better <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also been way worse mm. um i think right now i just need to to be grateful to my body don't expect too much of myself because that was very harsh. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to hang out with my daughter. I want to hang out with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to come back to practice, um, practice yoga, I mean, um, to see my friends, to come back to Czech Republic because we uh, took some time. And two days after I, I finished my last chemo round, we packed the... the suitcases and went to France for Christmas mm. and we stuck here because they feed us too well and we cannot simply just leave because mm -hmm. it's physically impossible I think we need to take at least uh, one extra seat in the airplane because we all got so fat <laughs> including the baby great um, but it, it was really something I needed and um, uh, I was sharing a lot of things on social media because I didn't want to go silent Mm. I'm very happy I did it because I got I, I received so much support. I received so many hands were catching me when I was falling that I cannot be more grateful, honestly. Yeah. But on when all of this was over, I just felt that I need to be silent for a second and I just disappeared from the radar in a way. Um, mm. I think until today because today is my birthday <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> thank you and it's quite symbolic that I think I wanted to 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 talk to you today because I I needed some closure yeah. on this story and on this chapter and it was both beautiful experience and terrifying experience and mm. it brought brought me so much understanding of who I am mm. what is my body how beautiful person I am, both phys physically and mentally, and 
what kind of amazing people are surrounding me and what kind of amazing person my partner is and all those fears I had on the when I realized that I'm pregnant. Mm. I cannot even list them. You know, it was like, oh my God, what the hell I got myself into. Mm-hmm. We don't know each other as adults. We we haven't seen each other for eight years and uh, uh all of it is just absolutely ridiculous yeah and now from the position of where i am now i understand that it was just blessing everything what happened and how it happened and the person that it happened with you know my boyfriend haha um he also had cancer 10 years ago when we when we met actually oh really uh, and also blood cancer. He, um, he's a leukemia survivor. Mm. And back then, I believe at some I helped him by, by by this emotions that we shared. And almost ten years after, he came into my life to help me mm. with the same thing, you know. And he knew exactly what I'm going through. He had no chemo, but he he faced the idea of dying at the very young age and he he knew deep inside what i'm going through and all of it just came together and made so much sense mm. and the baby and him and timing and everything oh that's beautiful i know we talked about that before we started the recording but life sort of tends to give us only the, the things that we can handle. And uh, it sounds like you've been through a lot, an intense amount of things, but that you're handling it beautifully also, you know? In a way, I think it was a gift, all of it. Yeah. And um, I, on, honestly, I cannot be more grateful in my life for this as well. Yeah. But indeed, if we're talking just about pregnancy, I was damn lucky because everything went super cool, <laughs> super nice. Yeah. I think for for the people who are listening in, will be curious to hear how you are doing, if you are recovering or if you are still in treatment or if you'd like to share. I think people would be interested and curious to know. Um, I'm done. At, at the moment, uh, my treatment is over. Um, I had uh, only four rounds of chemo, which is also is very lucky at my stage. I thought it will be needed six rounds, and one round is three weeks. Mm. So it was, in a way, it was very fast, very intense, but very fast. Uh, my hair is uh, going back uh, nicely. Mm. I. I am real blonde now. I see that really vividly because the, the the hair is really baby blonde. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I almost have all my lashes back, which is also quite nice. So I don't look like a light bulb anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, so far, this is it. Mm. But you know, with a with a cancer, it's probably once you have it, you always have it. Mm. And uh, it's just something I will need to leave forever. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for for sharing this big journey 
of yours with me today. I hope it was not too boring. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and, uh... Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just very grateful yeah. for, for giving me this opportunity to, to share this as well. Yeah, always. Is there anything before we close today that you'd like to share? Maybe you have a resource or perhaps you'd like to share your Instagram page here for people who are curious to read about your journey? Oh, I mean, definitely. If, uh, if that will be any help to anyone, um, it's Miss Indigo um, with one one word. Mm-hmm. But what I would love to say is probably, um, you know, resources like every everybody can Google yoga for pregnancy. It's not a big deal. I think I, I got it from Alo Moves or something like that. Mm. But uh, listen to your body. Mm. That's probably the, the biggest thing that I would like to share because when I got cancer, I mean, when I got, was diagnosed, I realized that it's so many cases when women were diagnosed with cancer during pregnancy mm. because of the all these experiences kind of like multiplies and rush up the things that maybe were going smoothly before because apparently I got, uh, I had cancer for at least two years before that. Mm. I just didn't pay any attention. But when you get pregnant, uh, people start to have blood checks, uh, regular visits to to doctors. So it's quite often that women are going through experience that I went through way more often than we think. Mm. And please just be cautious. And if you hear something like I just shared from somebody else, just ask them to to run a bloody bloody blood test mm-hmm. it's very easy and can prevent so much trouble and uh don't be afraid your body knows better and uh just just stay present and love the way you function <laughs> yeah oh that's very nice thank you so much Alyssa, for being here and sharing today thank you thank you so much and everybody who who listened till that point because it's quite long (laughs) (laughs) I am sure (laughs) thanks again Alyssa for coming on and sharing your beautiful and very important story with us today if you are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Alyssa you can go to her Instagram which is Miss Indigo M-I-S-S-I-N D-I-G-O I got that right (laughs) and follow her there you can also scroll back and read through her journey with her diagnosis and becoming a mother and even through her pregnancy Uh, if you would like to you could also send me an email at uh, the nine months podcast at gmail.com you can follow me on instagram nine months podcast and you can also reach out on any of these channels if you would like to share your birth story with me here on the podcast and as usual i would also always love a nice review um on a 
anywhere where you listen to your podcasts from or if you would like to you can take a photo of or a screenshot of when you're listening to an episode and maybe share it on your social and tag me in it to spread the word about the podcast thank you guys so much and i'll be seeing you guys again in two weeks time